Our top story. Our top story. It's a twofer of confusion today. AstraZeneca and the third wave. We know enough about COVID that expecting a scientific consensus on anything is pretty much not going to happen. So what happened yesterday late in the afternoon is we had the Ontario Hospital Association come out and say Ontario is already is already in a third wave because variants of concern are now almost 50% of new cases. And then the province's top doctor, Dr. David Williams, was asked, just a few hours after the hospital association said this, asked point blank, are we already in a third wave? Is it a slight undulation? Is it a large wave? Is it a moderate wave? To be determined. A what? I'm sorry, Doc. What? It's a what? Is it a slight undulation? It is a slight undulation. Okay. Maybe we should just check in here with Dr. Peter Uni, who is the scientific director of Ontario's science advisory table. Doc? Oh, we're most definitely in the third wave. Ah, okay. That undulation you're feeling is actually a wave. So maybe you have some solace in an answer there. Now keep in mind there has been criticism of Ontario's top doctor saying that in the past, Dr. Williams, for example, was slow to accept there was a symptomatic transmission last year, was slow to implement policies to keep support workers from going to more than one congregate care setting. So that I just put that out there. Undulation. Is it just a slight undulation? Is it a slight undulation? Oh, thanks, Doc. Appreciate that. Great. All right, let's get to AstraZeneca now, because that's a news that I think a lot of people are super interested in. What's this going to mean for the provincial rollout? What's it mean for you? Are you going to get AstraZeneca? Dr. Omar Khan is a professor at U of T, a biomedical engineer. Welcome to the program. Hi there. So NACI, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, sort of changed today and said, yes, indeed, AstraZeneca is safe for seniors. What's your take on that? What's your understanding? My understanding is more so based on the clinical data that we've seen. Now, AstraZeneca did some big trials across the world that included Brazil, South Africa, and the UK that showed in in people who were 65 and older that the vaccine was safe and that it did reduce the severity of disease. And then recently, Interestingly, uh, AstraZeneca did do an, a follow-up in Scotland, where they did look at much older people, people around the age of 80. And it did show, once again, that it was safe and also reduced severe disease. So this is a, a bunch of the data. And again, millions of people were dosed in the UK and around the world with this vaccine. And that's where this idea of the safety is coming from. Now, what's happened in Europe But these thrombolytic events, which are blood clots? Hmm. Question this is, this is this concern about a, a number of countries that have stopped or at least paused temporarily the use of AstraZeneca uh, because of issues about blood clotting. How much evidence, What what is our understanding about the dangers there? Well, that's the challenge because the, the evidence so far in the rest of the world shows that the rate at which you get blood clots 
normally is no higher than the rate you would get it if you were vaccinated. So that's that's the disconnect. And now these countries, when they're seeing these blood clots, some of them are saying, you know, is this more prevalent after vaccination or not? And let's let's double check because we are very concerned and we are abundantly cautious. So if that's what it takes to make people more, you know, have less hesitancy, then perhaps it's it's good that they're doing this double check. But that doesn't that, I mean, you talk about hesitancy. I, I just have a feeling that over the last week or so where we've seen NASI move on the uh, duration or, or, or the pause between first and second doses and that sort of change, and then all this about AstraZeneca, about uh, over 65, no, not under 65, and that changed, and now blood clots, all of it adds up to just more hesitation, for I think, for a lot of Canadians. And that's, that's a, a really great point, and I think it, it should highlight how dynamic the situation is. And also, it, look, it, it depends on when you look. And a lot of the early data, we looked only two weeks after the immunization. And honestly, that's when your immune system starts to develop your immune response. You know, four weeks is a, is a good time because your immune system does have that time to make the antibodies. So there is that window. So it really depends on where you look. That's why the new clinical trials or the ongoing ones, they're looking at more time points to try to give you solid answers. But again, it's a race. It's a race to prevent viral replication, which causes the variants. Because every time they replicate, they might change enough to make a new, more dangerous variant. So it's a race between stopping that through vaccination and also figuring out what's the best dosing regime. It's a challenge. You want to weigh in on third wave or not? Undulation? What do you? What's your take? It's undeniable that there are more variants here than the original strain. And, well, that definitely shows you that there's too much viral replication happening. So at the very least, we are having evolution of this pathogen, and we need to stop that. I'm speaking with Dr. Omar Khan, who's a UOT professor and a biomedical engineer. What is the... What's the understanding about AstraZeneca and why it is so much different? Maybe you could just explain this to me, why it has had uh, so much more difficulty than uh, Pfizer or Moderna. I think part of it started originally in their clinical trials where they had a, a little mix-up in their dosing where then they had to go back and recalculate that numbers, and that was the beginning of the eroding of confidence. But that didn't influence the actual protection data that came out because it did show protection. It, it showed protection against severe disease. But again, that type of messaging and those unfortunate mistakes started, I think, a snowball effect, a domino effect, where people were then thinking, you know, why did this mistake happen? They're supposed to be the professionals. And, and that's, that's unfortunate that it happened. And I think that that is contributing as well. So, so that began sort of a suspicion of AZ, and, and as a result, we're, this is where we are now with blood clotting and all the rest? Yeah, so even if the, whether or not the blood clotting is connected, and again, from the European data, it doesn't seem that way, but, you know, let the investigation finish, and then we'll have a definitive answer. But again, yeah, it, it, it just comes down to the type of messaging and this mistake and I feel like that eroded some confidence and that Co had recovered. A couple of quick more questions, uh, Dr. Khan. 
Um, do you agree with NASI then saying today um, it, it is still safe and actually continuing with AZ considering what European countries are doing? I think given the clinical data, the data does show that it is, it is safe and that the rate of these side effects are no different from them randomly happening. And I think that's what NASI is using to make these decisions. And I think they're in a tough situation because now they're working on the interval timing Plus, they are the optics of it all from European suspensions are, are just making their job that much tougher. So, from my point of view, the the job is to get as many people vaccinated and get the supply up. As long as we have the supply, then all these little wrinkles can get ironed out, and we can stop the replication and stop the variants. Because every one variant might be worse than the other, the rest, and we need to stop that from happening. So that's my my take is just that supply. We really need the supply. And I guess I might already know the answer to this question, but that this one, like my mom, for example, is uh, between 65 uh, and, and 80, so she doesn't qualify previously for AZ, but she's not in the portal right now because she's not old enough. Should she get, if she's offered, should she get AstraZeneca? I would take AstraZeneca if I had to. My cousins in England have already taken it, and they're okay. But again, it's a great over conversation for doctor. She should she should talk about her concerns. This is not something we should take lightly. Talk. That's great. Great advice there. Dr. Omar Khan, U of T professor and a biomedical engineer. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I think the big takeaway there is, I think there's a couple of big takeaways there, that the suspicion about AZ is unfortunate and has snowballed, and the evidence on blood clots is not lining up. Um, and I think the other big takeaway from the doctor right there is uh, don't ask for advice on the radio. Ask your own doctor. You know what I mean? So don't, don't listen to me. Listen to your physician.